money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, and training. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Shanoa Grove here, Phil Grove here, and we are very excited to have with us today George Ross. So commonly known as Donald Trump's right-hand man when it comes to real estate and investing. So as part of Texas RIAs, uh, the largest association of real estate investor associations in Texas, we wanted to take some time today to learn from the best and someone who's been around through multiple different types of market cycles, someone who has seen uh, both success and different opportunities come about as a result of that stick-to-itiveness, as a result of making some of the right decisions, as a result of staying with some of the right people, getting organized and getting the right types of financing. So I want to welcome you, George, to the meeting today. And so excited to have you and reconnect with you again and share some of your perspective and wisdom with some of the people that great. are part of our association. Great. It's good to see you and to talk to your people. Real estate is a great investment. It's a, as good an investment now or maybe better than it has been in a long while. Uh, there are plenty of opportunities and anybody that uh, knows what they're doing can do very well. Well, I appreciate that a lot. So I've got my husband, Phil, with me and he and I have been investing together for almost two decades and uh, we still, uh, to this day, consider ourselves students, students of the market. We love learning from other people right. and we love associating ourselves with other successful people who can share different habits uh, that are part of their lives, different philosophies. Uh, and hope to not only incorporate those habits and philosophies in our own business and our, grow our own understanding and our own network, but also hope to share those same philosophies with other people as they are uh, growing up in their business and as they are looking forward to either starting real estate investing or scale up their business in real estate investing because it takes a completely different mindset to be able to start your business than to be able to scale your business. And I was wondering if you could just share some of your philosophies about real estate investing and how uh, the most successful people uh, both get started and stay uh, and stay relevant and not just survive, but really thrive, especially as the market throws out all sorts of different kinds of disruptions. Yeah, that's, that's what we're saying. Fine. That's, uh, that's good. I understand where we are coming from, where the people are. and they must understand that real estate. You can't talk of it generally as real estate. Each property, each building, each area is entirely different. So buildings and areas are different. You have to know what you're doing in that area, what the what the building is for. Is it residential? Is it commercial? Are we gonna we're gonna fix? Is it a fix up? We're gonna uh, do it and fix it up and sell it in a year. We're gonna keep it long term. It ha it comes in all different sizes and shapes and prices and in all different communities. So it's not saying well it's the wrong place to invest in a particular city. No, it may be the wrong investment in a particular city, but not necessarily the wrong place. It, the the problem that I that most people face is they believe what they read and they now say. Well, this city is bad or this city is good. Why? What do you mean? That's nothing. What's that got to do with real estate? The city is not good or bad. Individual deals could be good or bad. So you have to know what you're doing. And the main thing for all real estate investors, every investment that you go and make and say, you must have a time frame. So you say, here's where I am. This is going to be, I'm buying, I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to get out. That's a year. I'm buying residential properties with good rents and good tenants. I'm going to keep that forever. Maybe give it to my children. Or I've got a commercial property. It's got five years, Lynn Jovey. So you have to have a game plan going 
in, and then you see whether or not that game plan still works. What happens if it doesn't? Sell, get out. What happens if it goes better than you want? Maybe that's where you ought to be more. So you have to be very, very selective on what you intend to do. And all you need basically is more winners than losers, but you're not going to win all the time and you're not going to lose all the time. And it may not go the way you want, but if you track it and you know where you started and where you want to be, you can decide how to get there. Well, well, George, you talk a lot about knowing the market, knowing the property. Each deal is is unique. You know, one of our core competences is we are the largest network in Texas. We're very focused in Texas. We tell everybody, if you're ever going to invest in real estate, you need trusted boots on the ground and detailed local knowledge. Yeah. So how do you feel about the necessity of just detailed local knowledge, right? How important is that? Critical. Critical. And then check it out. Don't listen to somebody says, oh, yeah, Dallas is great. What do you mean Dallas is great? That's no such thing. Dallas, pieces of Dallas could be fantastic. Other pieces you wouldn't invest in. So you have to know what you're doing, where it is, and a particular locale, and then check it out. See what's going on in the neighborhood. If you want to buy a commercial piece of property and you and you, you go two, two, two blocks away and find out there are a lot of vacant stores, that ought to give you some idea of what's going on. So it's 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 doing the due diligence to make sure you're making the what you think is the right investment at the right time in a right area. Right. We definitely find a lot of people have the right idea, invest in real estate, but they have terrible execution in terms of the properties or the investments that they're picking, right? They well, say, that's, why they should, that's why they should have you. Yeah, exactly. Go to an area, go to a broker that knows the area at this point, go and get all the information. Say what was the last sale? Who was, get all the information you can and then make your, make your decision. Yeah, you're definitely made or broken based on that due diligence and based on the people that are surrounding you. So uh, that's why we've always made it a point to surround ourselves with other knowledgeable people that are also students of the market and are uh, really understand where the market's going. So you can't know everything, even as a you know fully seasoned real estate investor, but you've got to have the right people around you to make sure they support and fill in where maybe you don't have those expertise but your network should be always growing and you should always, you shouldn't be trying to do everything yourself, but should be depending on other people who are those seasoned experts to be able to bring them in to the fold so that you're leveraging those folks and being able to focus on the things that really matter most, which is bringing in, in many cases, that next opportunity, that next deal. That's right. And very important, deal with the right person. Don't go to somebody who deals in commercial properties to buy residential real estate. They don't know the first thing about residential and they may say they do because real estate is real estate. That's not true. It has a specific use. You want to buy a residential property, get somebody who deals in residential property in a particular area. Not residential properties necessarily in in, da- in Dallas or Fort Worth, wherever it is. No, in a particular area in that city. And that's the ones you should do. So knowledgeable information, they have the information and the knowledge that's specific to a real estate investment in a particular area. That's the key. Not general information. It has to be. Well, George, um, several years ago, uh, when you and I were presenting to some different audiences. Uh, I remember making a video of you. You probably don't know this, but I still play that video to people that uh, are listening to me to this day where I asked you what uh, what's important when you're getting started in real estate investing. And you said you need local experts, you need coaches and mentors. Yeah. How yeah. important is coaching and mentoring and how, is import, how, how has it been important to you? Well, not when I say important to me, important to me because I never had a coach. I wish I did. I know that I, 
I achieved a good, what I think is a reasonable degree of success because I was aware and I, I could adapt myself. But if I had a good coach, I'd, I'd have probably made a lot, a lot of money a lot earlier. And I might have saved myself some aggravation. But it's extremely important. But the coach has to be independent. Shouldn't The coach should not have a financial investment in your product so that you can look at it and they can tell you, I like it, I don't like it, here the good, here the pluses, the minus, and let the individual party make the decision. They are there to give to advice, but they may see things that you don't see. Yeah, the, the coach should not have a vested interest in the, you know, the deal that they're giving no. advice on. You know, we'd never want somebody no. to give advice based no. on, on, on that. So, that's yeah. So, yeah, that has to be specific. Coaches, what, what experience does that particular coach have in that area? And then, the, yeah, the answer is fine. They should, they, they need it as long as they are imper, impartial and they will tell you what, what's not what you want to hear. They'll tell you what they really think. And George, you've coached a lot of people and yeah. helped a lot of people both make a lot of money in real estate as well as not make mistakes in real estate. Uh, how has that proven uh, valuable in terms of changing their lives, in terms of changing their trajectory, uh, their success, their speed of implementation to be able to get out there and take immediate action and do it kind of feeling like they've got someone who's got their back? Well, no, let's, let's, let, let, that, 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 that's good. Don't give me too more credit than I'm entitled to, but I have given them the advice and I've told people, stay out of that real estate. You're not, you don't have a mind for it. Don't don't buy residential houses that you residential apartment houses that you're going to keep and you never rent a par- apartment. You don't know what it is. You know so you don't know the expenses and so forth. Why do you think you're going to make a lot of income but you don't know the first thing about it at this? So understand your expertise. If you don't have it, get it. But understand if people will understand what they are weak in, work on that. They will be successful. If they don't, they're going to fail because that's how you grow. You grow by making mistakes, not by being successful. But the mistake mistake shouldn't be that shouldn't be fatal. Don't bet the ranch on any one particular developer or one particular house. Uh, yeah, I think in general the advice "stay in your lane" is is really great advice. But that doesn't mean that your lane has to be narrow. That means you can kind of grow it over time. But you supplement and can grow that lane by just having other people around you that have have tri- have driven that path before, right? And can give you the advice on what's on what works and what doesn't work. So um, you know, one of the things we run into a lot is just because of the, you know, proliferation uh, over the last, you know, 25 plus years of the internet, there are a lot of people online who are teaching how to invest in real estate. And sometimes I joke that some of our students are in university, YouTube university, and sometimes, and we all know the internet knows everything, but sometimes the internet points you in this direction, which can be very confusing. So the information's a lot of times out of order, but you still see people trying to kind of piece it together and take all the time to be able to do that and just ultimately not really getting anywhere. That's so terrible. what would you say to someone who's just trying to learn it all themselves, just you know, looking around, poking around the internet versus someone who really has a plan in place? I would say to those particular people, if you have a lot of money, trust it now because you're going to lose. You can't succeed in real estate if you don't, if you don't have the right people and the right time and the right motive. It doesn't work. You may be lucky. You can win, sure, but you're going to lose in the long range. You got to deal with the experts and that's cheap. Whatever you're paying them, that's cheap because you're learning things and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of money and aggravation. Yeah, Phil often says experience is the toughest teacher out there because experience gives you the test first and the lesson after, right? Correct. You want to be with people who can give you that <laughs> lesson before you get the test, which I think is so incredibly important. Yeah. 
so 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 thank you for sharing that perspective and yeah. uh oh, yeah. I'm very and, and when you say sharing the perspective I, this is something i say i i as far as good, i would insist upon for me and on people i said look don't talk about how much real estate how much your friend made or your partner made or somebody made in real estate don't talk that you want to talk a specific deal and if you that fits your budget fits your needs fits your background talk to the experts and find out what's available if you don't do that you are ultimately doomed for failure you may have initial success but you're doomed for failure well that 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 seems like good advice and it's the same thing right i mean you know get 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 expert advice uh you know uh it's cheaper to pay an expert to give you advice than to figure it out through trial and error and yet everybody tries to figure it out through trial and error why do you think that is well why because for example it's it's because they're listening to what's in the media yeah the media says this is a great time to invest in real estate so therefore at that point let's let's say now's a great time to buy something in fort worth what yeah where what are they talking about what's a great time what are you buying what makes you say so it's they they, they deal in platitudes without getting down to the specifics real estate is specific you got a particular piece of real estate in a particular area at a particular time it's not general it's not saying the city is good it's not saying the city is bad or whatever it is so they get swayed by what the media said. I mean, I have said, uh, I've, I've seen and it bothers me that I read a newspaper and I pick it up and they say, Dallas is booming. What does that mean? What, is, how did, what are they talking about? What do you mean it's booming? Now, they get down and say, well, yeah, the more people are there. This, it's all generality at this point. Yeah, certain areas are, certain areas are not. You've got to get specific. The beauty of real estate, if you're investing in it, where it is and it's not moving. It's in a particular area at a particular time with a particular price at a particular environment. That's where it is. Now, if you know what you're doing there, that's fine. If you don't, you shouldn't be in real estate. It's not going to move. It's not a product. You can't sell a product. You, you can't sell a piece of real estate as a product. Say here, I'll give you the piece of land. Piece of land is there. It's in this particular area. Particular. That's what makes real estate so attractive. It is permanent and it's where it is. It also makes it so dangerous. You can't say, take, take real estate and I'll turn it into a factory. It's not the same. Well, we also, speaking of where it is, you know, right now we're obviously going through disruption. And, you know, we've noticed in this disruption, there's winners and losers. There's people that made lots of money. There's people that have been completely, uh, you know, wiped out. What do you think about disruptions and real estate? Creates opportunities? I think, well, I, think create, them? I think at that point, yes, it creates tremendous opportunity to somebody that is aware of what's going on, has the, uh, the courage to do the other way. Because the disruption generally cause panic. Panic. Somebody's got, oh, I got to watch out. This is going down. All of a sudden, at this point, there are no stores are empty all over the place in, in, in the city. So I should get rid of my, my shopping center or my strip mall because that's wonderful. I had said, and I didn't tell I had said, basically I'd said, I wish, wish that I were 20 years younger when Katrina happened in New Orleans. I would have bought every piece of land that was underwater at that time because I said in five years, this city is going to come back and now you have an opportunity to buy land which is really cheap that you could never have bought because it could never never have been condemned. Never happened, of course, because I mean, my age didn't change, but I was absolutely right. Absolutely right. That you have this, you can take advantage of a catastrophe. So right now, the office space, to your point, is suffering a little bit of a catastrophe, a little bit of a disruption. 
Office yeah. space is entirely different. Right. I would I would not, when it's just saying office space is going to decline as usage. Not that the space will decline. The concept of having a large office will, because the fact of what we're doing now on uh, on uh, on Zoom, of course, you don't have to be in the office. So if somebody's got an office with, uh, with uh, 20,000 square feet, they don't need 20,000 square feet. Will they need some? Yes. So maybe they'll need 10, 10,000 square feet. So I've got 15,000 feet they don't need. Yeah, but there are lots of people looking for 15,000 feet. Or maybe I split it into three, five thousand. There's a market for it, but it's a different market than existed prior to COVID. Now, a lot of people get tied up on the idea of financing and they worried, how am I going to finance my deals? And they think, uh, you know, I I'm, I'm can't do real estate because I don't have the money to do it. What would you tell someone who's who's who has a great opportunity, but maybe not yet the money to uh, on their own to be able to invest uh, based on your experience and, and, and uh, structuring as many deals as you have over? Over these many years. Okay, fine. That's it. That's it. That's an easy one. First thing is if they own their home, borrow as much as you can for as long as you can, as long as you have the right to prepay. Interest rates now, banks are loaded with money. No question about it. Borrow it. If you didn't borrow it early, you're starting behind because that's how you build up a track record. That's how if you get a bank that's willing to, to finance you and you meet all the terms, the next time you ask for money, they're going to give it to you. So, and not only that, it shows that you know what you're doing. But most people don't want to do it. Interest, I, interest on mortgages is deductible. And I've noticed yeah, that I many, of the, house, many of the deals you've house. done, you brought in other partners to be able to find them, right? So to so bringing in the other partners is a function of how much money you got in the deal yourself. If you're at risk, they're willing to be at risk. If you're not at risk and they say, well, you say to them, good, use my expertise, but not you're not going to take my money. They, they don't want, they don't like that. That's a disadvantage. So you have to have courage in what you're selling by participating. And the money is available at this. So you start slowly with your bank, whatever it is, and build it up. And the more you have, the more you do it, the more the easier it is. Because people find that you're you're you know what you're doing, they will be have confidence and make the investment in you. And they will tell other people about that. And before you know it, you've got a source of funds that you didn't have before and is available to you for whatever it is you Yeah, I think bringing in and relying on other investors can be very multi, you know, beneficial to everybody involved. So obviously we're always trying to- Not only that, they will talk to other investors. They will get you more involved. Say, look, I'm getting a check every week. I've got this. I went into this deal and look how it turned out. It turned out great. So that they know what they're doing, then you get more investors and it's easier. Then not only that, the easiest way to get in, the easiest way to get investors is not to take their money. So if somebody says, I'll give you $100,000, say, I don't want $100,000, I'll take 50. And they'll fight to give you the other 50. It's because they know they're going to make money on their money. That's correct. So George, you're the author of two best-selling books. You were the judge of The Celebrity Apprentice for many, many years. You're the architect of 40 Wall Street, one of the greatest real estate transactions ever ever done. And you're Absolutely also- the greatest, uh, greatest of my lifetime. And I, I, I think at that point, probably anybody else's lifetime. Take yeah. something that you buy for a million dollars and make it worth 520 million. Well, I, I heard it was worth close to a billion at this point. So- uh, uh, Depends on who you ask. Yes. Well, and, and you've also been called- uh, Donald Trump's right-hand man for, for many years. And, you know, we're not political at all here. We don't speak for Republicans. We don't speak for Democrats. And we don't even get into politics. But I got to ask you a question. What was it like working for all those years with Donald Trump? It was a delight. It was a delight. Understand this. Why was it a delight? I had a very unusual relationship. I was there because I wanted to be there. I wanted to be part of excitement, new building. I was an advisor. He never, he couldn't fire me because he never hired me. I was 
there on a voluntary basis. He would ask my advice on certain things and I would tell him exactly what I thought. I didn't care whether he liked it or didn't like it or that's what he wanted to hear. I couldn't I couldn't care less. He could adapt it or not. But he the, the beauty of it was that he trusted my opinion as being an honest opinion. And he re, he we would react on it and he would act on it. If I told him, Donald, I think this is a great deal, he would do it, probably. If I told him I think it's a bad deal, he still might do it. But that's at his risk. I'd tell him just what I thought. And he had full faith in letting me carry the ball to help make it happen. When I told him, this is this is this lease, these are these leases, you ought to make this lease. Now, when it came up to the time and I now take the lease and make it, and it's not, and he says, What's the rent? I said, Don't talk to me about the rent. I talked to you, this is a good, this is a good deal. This is what we told you to do. Sign it. And he'd sign it. So he had trust, he had faith that I knew what I was doing and it was in his best interest. And, and, and that, was for, that was for 17 years. So you're saying that Donald Trump is coachable? He, uh, I'm, no, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying at this point, no, not, not coachable. At this, Donald Trump would do what he wanted to do, but he certainly used me as a coach, as a coach. It's, I told him what I thought on certain things, and I told him what not to do on certain things, which he did, and he was wrong. It turned out I was right. At the, but so what? I never invested one dollar in Donald Trump or any of his entities. Not a dollar. All right. So I had no no concern of whether it was whether what he was successful or not successful on that. So, so that I was there on a, on a on a on a I enjoyed it because it was exciting and we got got involved with major deals. It kept me active and instead of retiring, which is what I was doing before I was there, I now kept my mind active and I made a lot of money. So I mean, I didn't do it for free. So I'll tell you one of the uh, great tips that you gave us many years ago uh, that has made us a lot of money uh, that we have implemented in our business was you use something at the time uh, that you would say every lease that you structured was the standard lease. And you had mentioned to us that you had about 17 different standard leases. Only seven. Only seven. (laughs) And uh, we had changed one of uh, our pieces of paperwork to make it the standard contract. Right. And because we use that terminology, even though we had multiple contracts, right? It really helped us in terms of shifting someone's perspective so that we were able to push a deal forward. So I wanted to thank you uh, for that advice or to thank you for that coaching because it helped a lot and helped push a lot of our deals forward as well. Absolutely. But this was part of my uh, negotiation technique because people have a tendency to believe what they read. If I tell you it's a standard lease, you think it is. What does that mean? They don't know, but it's standard. So that's what I read it. It's the same way if I if I read something something in the, in the New York Times, everybody says, oh, it's true. That's nonsense. It's somebody's opinion of what's true. But nevertheless, that's where it was. So they have a tendency to believe what's there if it looks authentic. And that's well, the, I think the you purpose called of what it was. Called. This looks like my, my standard. Now, it could be the worst lease in the world. But if they think it's authentic, they'll many times they'll get fooled by what you've written. Well, I, I think you call that the aura of authenticity, if you Absolutely. If remember the lesson. You yeah. got it. And, and I think well, as a result of you, we have about 200 standards contracts. So thank you good. for that. <laughs> good, good. And, and you can adapt it to the particular situation. When okay. I had my, my standard form of lease, if I liked the lawyer on the other side, I gave him the best one. If I hated him, I gave him worse. So we, it's, it's this. And then you know, many times when they spoke to their, their client, they would say,
say, oh yeah, I'm familiar with this. It's the standard formula. And I would look and I say, you ought to be disbarred. You don't know what's... So George, if you were to give a little advice to people in their 20s or 30s, or maybe even 40s that are thinking about this We're just starting out. We're just starting out in real estate. Yeah. 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 Just, Just getting started, kind of think this real estate thing sounds interesting. What would your best advice be to those people that are just getting started? Deal with somebody that knows, that's, that knows what they're doing and had, and has had experience in your particular price range or what you're looking to do. At the such you know, if, you, if in fact, if you're, if you're the maximum that that you can invest is a hundred thousand dollars, don't look at a million dollar piece of property. Right. But on the other hand, don't look at a ten thousand dollar piece of property. You'll need ten of them to make the hundred. So it's just knowing what your appetite is at a point in time and then reacting. Well, George, we really appreciate you spending a little time with us today. It's been great seeing you again. It's great seeing you again too. Uh, yeah. Uh, awesome. So uh, any other uh, comments, you know, and we'll let oh, George go. Yeah. I, I mean, if we have just one more uh, moment, I would just like to ask, what are some of your daily habits that keep you active, that keep you engaged, that keep you winning, uh, that, uh, that that you've just kind of grown to love and your time is investing and, and coaching others? Uh, what what might some of those be that some other people no, that, could that, adopt? That, that, that's a very good question. Uh, first of all, let's put it, if, if you have your health, everything else is second best. Understand that. You're lucky. And if you have your health and you have your mind, you're way ahead of the game. Fortunately, I have both at this, even though I'm 90. And uh, that's so it's important. What do I do? Well, I keep active. When I keep active, basically, I do a lot of coaching to people all over the world. And their their attitude is different. The financing is different. The language could be different. But they all have one thing in mind. They want to improve what they do and make money. They want to improve their business. How do you do it? So I can give them that. So right now, what I like is the fact that I have an opportunity to give other people that are younger or less experienced, certainly, than I am. Everybody's younger than I am. But this, I can now give them some headway to make their life easier. And the business world today is very complex, much more complex than it was years ago when I was in my heyday making money for myself. And if I can make it a little easier or give them a, give them a heads up to make their life in investing a little easier, that's what I do. So like a teacher, you'd like to see your pupils succeed. Awesome. Well, George, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. It's been great. Uh, thank great you. It's good, good, good re-hooking up with you. Good to see you again, George. Good I, I, you. I certainly hope so. And good luck. Hey, in your area, Texas is a, is a potential gold mine. Potential it is a gold, gold mine. Yes, indeed. Especially with whatever's going on with the with the oil and gas industry. Well, wow. and, and everybody's moving here and they all want to buy real estate and they're not making any more land. So it's a good Well, yeah, yeah, but you got plenty there. You don't need to make more at this. You know, this for sure. You remind me to take a side side trip to a, uh, there was a uh, farmer from Israel who got in touch with, happened to meet a farmer from Texas and they were talking about the business and the uh, farmer in Israel said, said to the farmer in, in Texas, they were talking and the farmer in Israel says, oh, well, yeah, I, you see that post over there? He says, well, that's the end of my land. How about you? And, well, the farmer in Texas didn't want to say, he said, well, you know, I can get in my car three it takes me three days to get to the end of my land. <laughs> and he is really says, I used to have a car like that too. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, so you got it. You got it. And I had some very interesting deals, especially in Houston. I had to have one of somebody at that point that wanted to build a triangular building on a beautiful piece of land. And I said, why in the world do you want to build a triangular building? Because the windows are going to be terrible. Yeah, but it's interesting. I said, you want to make money? You want something of interest? But that's, you know, you're different. Houston, you know, got you had no zoning. You could build whatever you want. That's exactly, exactly right. <laughs> wild West, we call it. The Wild West. It is the Wild West. And if you travel, if you travel some of your roads that's the wild west <laughs> but George, it's any, talking to you. any par- parting advice that you want to give to any of the members of our association to help them as uh, yeah, uh the parting advice out. certainly is yes the association deal with the two people that we're talking about to the grove they know what they're doing they are sophisticated they can be very helpful in whatever you want to do it really if they can't do it themselves they'll put you to the right person who can and that's invaluable don't deal with your brother-in-law or somebody that has says i am successful i know everything nobody knows everything so deal with the experts and you'll come out fine well thank you george appreciate that that means a lot to phil and i especially coming from you so uh thank you and uh look forward to sharing more time with you guys and uh sharing more time with you and anytime i'm happy to give happy to you know as long as i'm capable i'll give you whatever help i can wonderful george all right take care see you soon okay bye now bye we are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, comment, or share with other investors. Or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.